0: Welcome to the MMTS Podcast, Episode 2, the Isabella episode. MMTS stands for Musical Musings and Talking Shit, and obviously we are joined by the main man, Ishan. It wouldn't be much of a podcast without him. Thank Welcome, you. Welcome, Ishan. Thank
1: you. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here in my bedroom. Um, yeah,
0: We're talking We're talking about the song Isabella for the vast audience of five people or so that's going to be listening to this podcast why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about the song i mean it's obvious that it's about a girl but where the hell does tea come into the story
1: sure so yes it's about a girl it's about how i met my girlfriend um so we we met i don't know how to sort of explain we kind of met in an igloo um which which is what that that's what i like to tell people i like to just say we met in an igloo don't ask questions it's fine it's all you need to know Um, yeah, but I guess we, um, we met on an igloo, it was some, some school thing, and we were basically like camping in the snow, and so we actually had to build an igloo so we wouldn't freeze, and so we had a place to eat, um, and so sort of through, across this week that we were sort of camped out in the middle of nowhere, um, it was very cold, and so the only way to stay warm was to drink tea, and I, I've never really been a big tea person, but she was there, and, and she was drinking lots of tea, you know, half because she loved tea but also half because that was the only way to stay warm and so then I you know I mean I started doing that we all started doing that we all sort of um, I guess everyone in the camp kind of bonded over that whole thing of like drinking tea to stay alive Um, but yeah so then the the line is she got me addicted to tea just to spend time with her I drink water and leaves so it's kind of like you know I was kind of drinking tea just to hang out with her and you know it's not something I normally would have done but it was like it, it was so much fun because it was something we were doing together
0: Awesome. Now, in the second verse, just uh, focusing on the lyrics for a second, Mm -hmm. um, you you sing at one point, um, um, this one time uh, she smiled, or what was it? it Come on, man.
1: That's poor from you. Uh, This one time time she heard when I played... She heard when I
0: played. I haven't memorized all your lyrics, man. Yeah, that's,
1: you know, real fans memorize lyrics. No, I'm joking. Uh, This one time she heard when I played, she stood up on the balcony and smiled but didn't wave. So, does
0: that actually happen? Is that true?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um... I guess, uh, so after that whole, um, you know, we hung out in the igloo and, and drunk tea and sort of, I guess, was the first time we'd spent a fair bit of time together. Um, so we we went to the same high school or senior school, depending on where you're from. Um, and, you know, I sort of still playing music back then, you know, writing songs and, and performing where I could. And so, yeah, shortly after that, I had, a, um, I had a performance. It was at, so it was at high school. It was kind of... Um, in, in like the, we called it the quad. It was kind of just like where everyone ate lunch. Um, and I was kind of doing like a busking style thing just for, for lunchtime for like 20 minutes, half an hour. Uh, and, and yeah, so it's sort of like, I was, um, I was sort of on these stairs overlooking where everyone was eating and then around the sides, there are these balconies. And so I was performing and she was kind of watching on with some friends.
0: Man, it sounds like such a sweet story behind the song. You mentioned high school. So how old were you when you wrote it?
1: I was 16.
0: Wow, okay. Um it's pretty young. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I mean it,
1: it's uh, I feel like there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of songs that I've written where it's where you know people are like, whoa, that's so um it's so interesting you've written that at this age." Like I mean songs like 8 months where it's like I'm talking about um terminal illness, or or songs like Orange Sky, where it's some crazy thing about, like, there's the somebody that's kind of died, or fallen to the death, or some, some, like, extravagant event that's happened that's, like, you know, required a whole lot of imagination, but I feel like this one, this one's less the case, it, it, it was more just, like, it, this actually happened, and not only did it happen, but it, like, it, it really happened, like, this was really, like, there. I guess the whole thing was so interesting and exciting, and, like, kind of, I don't know, at the time, like, world-changing for me, that it was, like, Literally just writing a song, just reminding myself all this, all the stuff that happened. That was kind of interesting enough. So I don't I don't feel necessarily surprised that I wrote it at sixteen. I feel like that was just that was just life.
0: Was it a long writing process for you?
1: No, no, it was literally like forty minutes. I, I'm sure I, that that always changes. I'm not sure I will say twenty minutes one time, forty minutes another time. But it was it was really fast. Like yeah, I sort of sort of came home. Um, after that whole being in the snow for a week and drinking tea and like, you know, spending lots of time with her and just, um, yeah, I guess really enjoying getting to know her. And then I just, I just kind of spat it all out kind of in one go. Um,
0: Awesome. Awesome. Now, um, you wrote the song as I'm guessing you always do on your acoustic guitar. mm -hmm. Uh, but from a production point of view, the song has quite a quirky feel. Yeah. And one of the identifiable parts of that is the whistling. Uh, do, do you write the song with whistling in mind?
1: No, I didn't. I didn't write it with whistling in mind. I didn't. I didn't really write it with any, anything in mind. It was. I mean, it literally happened so fast that I, I wrote it, and, and it was quite late at night as well. And I'm not normally a late person, so my brain starts to get a bit funny around 10 p.m. So I literally wrote it, and I and then and then I I'd finished it, and I was just had this thing, and I was like, oh, I just you know, like I sort of had to unpack what just happened. Like I, you know, I guess I like her because goddamn, I just wrote this whole thing. Um, but yeah, so then in terms of the, the whistling No, I didn't write it with the whistling in mind The whistling came I think a couple of weeks later When I was starting to try and play it on the loop machine Because, um, you know, bigger Ed Sheeran fans, of course Had to try looping my songs um, And I think I think that was the first time I started whistling I had this, yeah, I had that sort of um, that, that was one of the tracks okay. I was mucking around with
0: And in the, the final version, is that you whistling?
1: Yes, it's me whistling um, I was very proud of that um i do remember the producer was like yeah you know normally normally artists don't whistle their own stuff it's like you have to i don't know i think there's like there's there are actual pros that will come in like onto a track and whistle when when whistling is required like because a
0: professional it's... whistler is that a thing i
1: think so <laughs> well i don't know i don't know i, I don't know I, I don't know if i'm i'm talking of my ass that was that was what happened that, that was my experience my experience was i was told. We probably won't be able to get it and and it kind of makes sense because whistling is one of those things where you can't tune it at all so you know normally on a vocal you know obviously you want to be singing as well as you can and it really helps to be as on pitch as you can and, and have all the expression um there as well but you know if there are slight um i guess inaccuracies in the vocal they can be tuned it's not a big deal in the studio but with whistling I don't quite understand the the technicalities behind why, but you just can't tune it, so it has to be like perfect, perfect, or you know, it just won't fly. And so, you know, it took us about it's like six takes, yeah. and then I think somewhere in those six takes, we actually had it. So that was um, awesome. yeah, that was pretty cool.
0: Awesome. Now I remember when you were recording the song, you were agonizing over the uh, the hi hat sound. You couldn't get yeah. it quite right. So yeah. where did you end up with that? I mean, look, I
1: I was I was agonizing over everything. I think we mentioned this last episode, like you know i just had not figured the studio out not not, not to say i figured the studio out now i'm still i'm still learning a lot but i was still very much holding the reins too tight and and just trying to yeah really control stuff and so yes with the hi hats um there just wasn't a hi hat sound that was really doing it for me so we ended up using a milotin um we didn't actually we didn't sample it ourselves we just we we got one off, off, the internet somewhere, but yes, the, the What's,
0: was, for, for many of you non-Aussie. Uh, f- oh f- yeah, what is, we're what gonna is have Milo to. Tin?
1: Yeah, a Milo tin. Uh, it's. I mean, a Milo tin is a tin that has a particular green branding on it. In terms of what Milo is, it is a delicious, um, chocolatey powder that you can use to make hot chocolates and milkshakes and other such things. Um, but yeah, kind of. Um, I don't know how to describe the the feeling that it gives. Um, it just it feels fun. I don't know. It's it's um it's to me it's like a a, a high hat with an extra shot of fun. Okay,
0: so you it's a sample of a spoon hitting a Milo tin. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Um. Now, sometimes when you uh refer to the song, you sometimes mention what you call the Minecraft piano. Oh I'm yeah, yeah. About the that. Minecraft piano.
1: Yeah. Oh man. So um. I guess. Quick context: I, I played a fair bit of I played my my fair share of Minecraft going up, um, because you know I'm cool like that, um, and you know in the last couple of years, I think you know just just happened to be sort of coincidentally around the time that I was producing this song, I started actually listening to the Minecraft soundtracks because they're actually quite good. Like this kind of calming. Like I remember I was, there were times where I'd be walking the dog and I don't know I just chuck on the Minecraft sort of like that you know Spotify has like a Minecraft soundtrack playlist and so just listen like you know listen to all the songs and it's actually kind of surreal when you walk like when you're on a dog walk and you're sort of like you know I guess surrounded by nature or as much nature as you can get in a suburb and you're, you're sort of walking past trees and there are these little sort of mechanical tree noises coming like like you're in it's like you're in Minecraft so I was really kind of into that Um, And yeah, so there's this one piano line that kind of goes—I'll be be in the wrong key, but I'm ding, 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 ding in the um, in the chorus of the song, and I just thought that was like to me that sounded so Minecraft. Um, And and, you know, one day we'll have to go and like track down the actual the actual um, the song from Minecraft that I guess it reminds me of. But yeah, it kind of just had that energy, so we ended up nicknaming that the Minecraft piano.
0: Now another little quirk on the song is that the girl you wrote it about actually features on the track. Can you tell us a little bit about how that eventuated?
1: Yeah, now this this um this is definitely the coolest thing I think for me um in terms of all these little like stories around the song. So um, towards the end of the recording process, I actually brought. Uh, my girlfriend in to sort of see the studio because you know like I'm always telling her about it and it's such a you know such a cool thing for me to be in the studio and working on this stuff so I was like why don't I bring her in for a day show what we do she can hear a bit of the stuff Um, and so yeah Isabella at this stage was pretty much done Um, and you know I guess one thing to know about the recording studio is that it's both really exciting and really boring so you know like it's exciting because you go in there and you have all this equipment and you're making this great music which is really cool but at the same time you know like we, we sit there for four hours and just like agonize over some sound that like you know when you actually listen to a, a song you don't even hear it you don't even know it's there but it's just like really laborious um, and so sort of anticipating that I told her to bring a book um, you know, she loves to read, and, and obviously we were doing um, English in high school, and so we, we, we not, not only did she love to read, but she had to at some stage. And the book that we were both reading um, at the moment for our, I think, yeah, year 11 English was Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And so she comes into the studio, you know, I do a bit of singing, we do a couple of little extra things, just sort of bonus takes for fun. We don't really need them because the song's pretty much wrapped up at this point. Um, and she's reading the book and then we finish and we say, and, and then I think this, the, the producer was like, you know, uh, to my girlfriend, Hey, do you want to, do you want to get on that? Do you want to sing? Like, it's a bit of fun, you know, like, oh, cause, um, yeah, um, just, just a bit of fun. And she goes, no, I don't want to sing. And then I don't know whose suggestion it was, but someone suggested she read a passage, um, from the book. Um, just a bit of background filter noise. Anyway, somehow she ends up reading this passage from Frankenstein, which is, um, Something, 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 um, Dauntless Courage, or something in, like, a uh, possession of Dauntless Courage, and, um, and yeah, so that, that happens in the bridge, and the, the, the phrase Dauntless Courage kind of comes in between the two, um, lines of bridge, which, which I think is so cool, because, like, it absolutely matches the song, you know, he's sort of taught, like, the, the singer sort of talking about, um, you know, being afraid to tell this girl that he likes her, being afraid to make that risk. And, and then while he's saying all that stuff, the girl's literally there talking in the background, talking over him almost, and saying, blah, 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 you got to have some Dauntless Courage.
0: It's very subtle, right? So, I mean, most, yeah. most listeners probably wouldn't even pick it up. That no, no, it.
1: no. But, I mean, it's it's meant to be subtle, you know? It's like, even if you don't notice it's there at all, it, I, I think there's something about having little talking bits over a, a pop song. It, it gives it this really sort of... I don't know if esoteric is the right word, but like weird indie, a little bit creepy, a little bit funky kind of feel. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so, if you had to take a step back and say the message behind the song, what would you what would you say that might be? I don't know about the message.
1: Um, because I feel like when I'm writing songs, it, it's so much like a person, it's like me just telling my own stories. It's not so much a, a message, like here is the takeaway. It's more like I'm sharing like my, my stories, you know? So it's, um, yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like it's a bit more, more humble in that sense. There's, there's not so much a message, but in terms of what it's about, uh, it's, it's really just about, um, you know, that fear of, you know, telling, telling someone you like them. Um, because you know you do like them, and, and then that sort of brings along this thing of well, what if they don't like you back? Um, and just sort of dealing with that. And I think then, for me personally, I was you know I, I find it really easy to express myself through songs. So there's um you know there's one lyric that goes um um uh, w- uh, when words taste like sand, uh, but when words taste like sand, song gives me voice like I'll never understand. Um, and like you know, even now, like we you know we do this podcast, and and I'm you know I'm sure I get better at it. I've I've we've been doing po- a podcast for all of like two weeks, um, but like you know I I feel like I'm not the most articulate fellow. But like you know when I sing, I, I'm just I'm in control and I can express myself as freely as I'd like. So for me, um, especially, it's like I feel like when I'm singing, I can really um, yeah let let people know how I'm feeling. Um, but you know when I when I'm just talking to someone having a conversation, it's it's not always as easy for me. Um, and so, you know, like I did actually, so I, I played this song to my, I guess, soon-to-be girlfriend, um, because I, you know, I, obviously I couldn't just go up to her and say, hey, I like you, you know, I'd love to hang out, I'd love to, I don't know, go on a date or something, I couldn't do that, so I had to like, I literally, um, so yeah, again, we were at high school together, so I, I, um, I sent her a text and I was like, hey, I, I want to, something along the lines of, you know, I'd love to show you something, and I met her, in, you know, somewhere in the school. And I remember it was really noisy that day. I think um, I think at that that was a time when the year 12s in our school were sort of having their, like, end-of-day celebrations, right? So there, there was all these sort of parties going on sort of nearby. And so I bought my big headphones. Actually, I can sort of show... To the, for those watching the video, I can sort of show, like, I had these big sort of, like, scarlet headphones. And I brought those to school with me. And I, I you know, got to put the headphones on, listen to like an acoustic demo of the song she's listening she's listening um, and then afterwards I, I don't I don't think we really said that much it was kind of like yep cool cool song and then we both just kind of walked away from each other like we were super I mean both of us were super awkward. Um, you know, it would have been so easy to be like, "Hey, I wrote this song about you. I really like you. I'd love to hang out." But you know, obviously, I couldn't do that.
0: But it worked out pretty well, right? No, it worked out
1: well. I think, I think, um, I think the way it worked out. Like the next day, I think she sort of sent me a text like, "Um, hey, so I've got some questions. Like, can we talk about this? <laughs> you know, like I, <laughs> I'd like to clarify what's going on." Awesome. Um,
0: awesome. Hey, one final question for you. You mentioned before, um, you you liked. The, the talking, you like some quirkiness over a pop song. How would you describe this song? It, it's it's got a sense of you know, is it a pop song? Is it more a folk song? Is it indie? How or how do you think this song sits within within your repertoire of other songs? Is it usual or a bit unusual?
1: Okay, it's definitely unusual within my repertoire of songs, um, especially um, yeah yeah. So it's definitely unusual in terms of my repertoire. I, I feel like this is like a particular kind of giddy happiness that, you know, is pretty unusual, um, you know, I guess for me, for anyone, um, so it's definitely, yeah, definitely rare in that sense, uh, genre-wise, I don't know, I guess it's like bit of indie, bit of folk, bit of pop, uh, I mean, that's one of those la- things la- that- Labels are labels, Labels, right? yeah, those, I don't know, I mean, look, there's, there's definitely value in them, I just, for me, that, like, those kind of terms don't necessarily mean as much, I feel like I'm kind of sort of yeah spread out somewhere between pop indie and, and a bit of folk as well
0: well i can tell you it's a song that when you hear it it makes you feel good makes you smile and makes you happy so from that perspective it it translates you talk about giddy happiness i think it yeah i mean i I,
1: I i think um like i remember when we were sort of doing like we were sort of sending the song out to to various people i think we used the word rom-com like uh, and i and i quite like that you know it's like it's 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 a rom-com song it's got that rom-com energy of just like happy fun like it's it's not comedic necessarily in that like you know i should be laughed at but it's like it's just so cute like you have to laugh you know it's just like so young and so fun um so i think yeah that's kind of that's kind of why we use that that phrase
0: it's interesting as a 19 year old you're looking back and and saying something was so young from a number of years ago but thank you very much for Ishan, giving us a bit more insight into the song. Um, My pleasure. And um, hopefully for uh, those who are listening to it, we've got to the end. Uh, you've enjoyed the podcast and we'll see you for yeah, the next episode.
1: Sounds good. All right. See everyone. Bye.